You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about what reading does to your brain. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Mallory, I'm reading a book that you gave me. Which book? It's called They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us by Hanif... Hanif Adurakib. Adurakib. Thank you. I like that book. It's great. I've been reading... um, I've been needing to read some nonfiction, and then I'm doing a lot with music right now because I'm in in post-production for my movie, and I'm working with my composer a lot, and I've been thinking about music a lot, and so I saw this on my shelf, and I was like, what a perfect book to start reading and like really think about it. It's really great. It seems... I, I'm probably about only mm, a third of the way through it or something, but it's essays about... Uh, various bands, specifically bands, so everything from like The Weeknd to Carly Rae Jemsen to NoFX, uh, but then also about like music scenes, uh, which I think is really interesting. And as a person who was really involved in a music scene at one point in her life, I thought that was interesting because the uh, author also has backgrounds in like the punk world. Um, it's great. It's like uh, both like the feelings of things, the politics of things. Like it's a really smartly written um, look at music and music in like a broader uh like a broader take on music which is really interesting because i can't just read music reviews i'm just not interested um but this is like such a great way to look at the music world and look at bands in like a broader a broader perspective of class race um scenes fame and just like there was one whole chapter just on how much how fun Carly Rae Jepsen is and how you want to go hang out with her and go to her show and like make out and I was like that's cute like it's just like fun fun stuff yeah um, I, I really, I really like liked that book one of my favorite essays in there was uh, uh, about how much he loves Bruce Springsteen yeah and the author is black and grew up in Ohio and it, he was uh, he had this great take about how he's like yeah so I went to this Bruce Springsteen concert where everybody is all these you know you know Bruce Springsteen singing about being a blue collar working class man and he's watching all these white people be mean to the people of color who are like their waitresses and serving them at the arena and he was like this is funny yeah and it's just like it's so smart and it's so entertaining and he does such a great job yeah it's great what are you reading so i am reading an extremely fun beachy read uh called the ice house by minette walters and she's like a spooky thriller writer uh from the uk that i've been meaning to read for a really long time and this book is really cool it's about these uh this woman and she is she's like in her late 30s and her two best friends all live with her in this like beautiful manor house in England and 10 years ago her husband disappeared and everybody in the town including all the police assumed it was her because her husband was a shitty dude and but they could never proved it but she still is like a pariah in the town because people assume that it was her so now 10 years later uh, her gardener finds uh, a body in the ice house in their backyard that has been clearly but it's only been there for a few months so like the investigation gets reopened and the police come and they're like it can't be your husband but what is this where did this body come from and it's interesting because it's from like you get chapters from the police perspective and from their perspective and you can definitely tell the women are hiding something but the way that they talk to each other is not you're like the author writes it in just such a way that you're like wait did you don't know if they did it or not that's it's, cool. It's super smart. It's very funny. And it's cool because these three women, like, they love fucking with the cops. And because everyone in town, like, thinks they're witches and they just love fucking with people. It's really, really enjoyable. It's super fun. If you're looking for, like, a, a book to just, like, sit down and, like, 
inhale in one sitting on the beach. That's This is a perfect one. So that's The Ice House by Minette Walters. And mine is They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us by Hanif Adurakib. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Uh, we got an update from the person who didn't pick up their comic book pre-order and was nervous to pick it up for like oh, yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you remember the story, the person wrote in and they were like, what do I do? I pre-ordered this comic and then I read it. And then I didn't go, I read it like through somebody else. And so I, and should I go pick up my comic reorder? Cause it's still sitting there and it's that been they there for months ar- and they were like embarrassed to go pick it up. They, that they had already paid for. Yeah. They'd already paid for. So they wrote in, thanks so much for answering my question. In the time since I wrote the question, I have managed to pick it up. I was on a not so good date where we were wandering around downtown and I managed to navigate her, her towards the comic book store and grab my book on the date. Ha ha. So the date was good for something at least. That is great. I'm glad that you at least got a comic book out of that date. Um, Isla wrote in with a reading quirk. I also have a reading quirk to share with you. I have to walk while I read. As soon as I sit down, or God forbid, lay down, I lose concentration and my mind goes all over the place. And I read fast and a lot, which meaning like three to four books a week on average. That means that I get a nice leg workout after reading a 400-page book in one stroll. I also, I've also read big books like Game of Thrones and Count of Monte Cristo that way, so that uh, was an arm workout as well. Kindle's very is a different story though. I can read it however you'd like. Wow, that's very impressive. I wonder if Isla has ever walked into anything. Oh, I'm sure that's what I get worried about. That would be very dangerous. Yeah, because she's just walking in circles around her house, or is she like going somewhere. Yeah, where are these strolls happening? Yeah. I'd like some updates on this. And then Leah wrote in with a wheelhouse, uh, 19th century Europe, but with magic. Books that take place in bookstores or libraries or are about being passionate about reading. Yeah, I like those too. Romances with male characters taking care of or being good with kids. <laughs> Novels about cooks or bakers. Uh, amnesia books where a character has forgotten everything and now needs to re-examine their life through fresh eyes. Well-written narrative biography or historical nonfiction. Books with canonically established Jewish characters who are noticeably Jewish found families or a group certain they're only forced together by convenience but who are actually ride or die for each other bonus points if they're pulling off a heist wow that's so specific so specific uh, Victorian era lady scientists slash detectives slash adventurers are Boston books or books that take place in Massachusetts in general mm. I yeah. love a specific wheelhouse. Yeah, it's so specific. <laughs> so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. So before we talk about what books do to your brain, we're going to take a quick break. Bria, you know what I love? What? Getting smarter. That is something I think we both love and anyone who listens to this show loves. And you know how you can get smarter? Tell me. With the Great Courses Plus. Ah, it's so true. And they are sponsors of the show today. We all deserve to be able to further our knowledge, and that's what the Great Courses Plus is all about. And the Great Courses Plus app makes it possible to watch or listen to lectures at any time. Uh, If you're looking for a course to check out, there's one we want to recommend. Great Utopian and Dystopian Works of Literature. Two things that we like. Utopias and dystopias. If you're Bria and you want some ladies on a journey, you want uh, abandoned roads, you want dystopian things happening, this is the perfect course for you. And it really goes into like the minutia and cool things about what makes a dystopian or uh, utopian work of literature work. Like it'll, you know, compare extreme alternate realities and classics like Brave New World to blockbusters like The Hunger Games. As book lovers, we really liked this course. So unlock a world of knowledge with the Great Courses Plus. 
Right now, they're giving our listeners a special limited time offer, so you have to go soon. A free month of unlimited access to their entire library. That is a lot. That's so much for a whole month. A whole month. Think think of of, all you can learn in a month. Think of what you could do to your brain in a month. So you can start your free month today through our special URL. Go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash glasses. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash glasses. Glasses. Going into a bullseye interview, I know it's somebody who does amazing work, but it's an actual conversation. I don't know where it's headed. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You said it actually better than I did, so I have to think about what that means. <laughs> <laughs> hey, these are, this, this, this is the straight talk that, that you're going to get on this show. Bullseye. Creators you know, creators you need to know. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. This week, it's all about what books do to your brain. We all know that reading is good for you, but why? Why? We're going to prove it with science. Science. So we've talked about how reading makes you more empathetic, but what else does it do? So first up, according to the University of California, Berkeley, exposure to new vocabulary leads to higher scores on intelligence tests. Research recently published in Neurology shows that regular reading is able to slow mental decline by 32%. So reading is sort of like going for a jog every day, but for your brain. Yeah, and it also can help prevent Alzheimer's. And as a person, I am, I am somewhat obsessed with Alzheimer's. Anything that challenges your brain is challenges your brain is actually supposed to be good when it comes to diseases like Alzheimer's. Um, as you know, it affects my immediate family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about Alzheimer's a lot and, and looked into and still read a lot of research about it. But this is a good reason for you to pick up a nonfiction book you know nothing about or even a literary fiction book that may be difficult for you to read or even a fantasy book where you have to learn new worlds and terms. That's learning new stuff. If you're yeah. pick figuring out the mechanics of the world that is still learning new things, even though it may not be learning a um, a new language or something, but it kind of is because you learn yeah. new words. We all use words from Battlestar Galactica or whatever, like words like that. that like, Do we, now- though? <laughs> People say fracking. What is- I've never seen Battlestar Galactica. Whoa, really? Yeah. And they, use, they say instead of fucking, they say fracking. Fracking. Huh. And they, there's a couple other ones. People and people. There's words that have like dripped into our vocabulary yeah, from sure. other things, like Patronus. Yeah, we so, all say Patronus now. Yeah, we did not know what that was twenty it's years true. ago. So when um, you're frustrated and reading that because you're reading a fantasy book and you have to learn what a snargle flargan is, it's actually good for you. It actually is quite good for you. And so also, reading is a great stress reducer. Sussex University did a study that showed reading can reduce stress by up to 68%. That's impressive. I'm actually, I'm wondering if that includes thrillers and horror books. I think because it probably depends on the person. Yeah. I would say if you're scared of horror, don't go read it to relax. Yeah, if you're Mallory and you're trying to read Bria's snake handling book, it probably is not a great great book to read. I'm still reading that book. It's hard for me to get through it. Oh, boy. Uh, but it's good. It's quite a good book. Um, yeah, and the Mayo Clinic did a study showing that reading before bed can help you sleep, which I totally believe because I read before bed every night. Yes. Uh, and so- honestly, when I'm very stressed out, the number one thing I do is read. Yeah, it's same. like it's my number one escape and especially like something that can really like – grip me away from reality that's what I need or something my brain can work on because I feel like it's just like 
I'm not thinking about all the bullshit that's going on throughout the day. I'm thinking about whatever's happening in that book. The yeah. Snargolfargan. The Snargolfargan. What is that Snargolfargan up to? <laughs> what is he wearing? What is his love adventures? What is... The love adventures of the Snargolfargan. <laughs> Where has he gone today? <laughs> so, yeah, I've been recover. I'm still recovering for book tour. And that- that's what I've been doing is just like reading and eating spicy Cheetos, flaming Hot Cheetos with chopsticks. Like, oh, that's wow. what I've been doing. Are you buying them in bulk? What's I've actually, the situation? I've actually been buying them from Trader Joe's, so the Trader Joe's version of a spicy flaming Cheeto. Oh, I didn't even know they had a they're, version of. Actually, I do think I've seen it there. Yeah, they're like cheese. I recently or bought chocolate in bulk, like a weirdo. Like how bulk? Are, are we talking like a pallet? I bought. What I did was I decided oh. I was eating too much chocolate. This is such a tangent, and so I decided because I was carrying around a full bar every day. So I was like, what? And I'd eat the full bar all in one day. Too much chocolate, I will admit. So I bought tiny bars, but I bought like 15 of them. So you're like, if I eat 5,000 of these well, every Well, I just day. put one in my purse, and then I can't eat more than that because it's all that's in there. You need like a chocolate dispenser. Like, you know yeah, how and then ca- after a certain amount, of, it's the same with like my, my Instagram. Like it limits me. It's like you've already spent thirty minutes on Instagram. Like that's, that's what my I mean. Like right you know now. how cats have some cats have like those timed feeders. Oh, like yeah. At like five p.m. every day, you get a new bar of chocolate. Five p.m. I start at ten. Ten a.m. Well, I, I mean, in the morning you can get one too. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that's probably what you... Anyway, sorry, we're off topic. Uh, researchers at Emory University's Center for Neuropolicy have found that reading can improve brain connectivity, not only while you're reading, but while you're not reading. But because your brain's still working on it. Yes. Uh-huh. But what the fuck is brain connectivity? Tell so me. according to the study, when we read, the connection between the left temporal cortex of the brain, which is the area associated with language comprehension, is heightened. So that heightened activity continues for several days following the reading while you're thinking about the snargleflargan. Uh-huh. So you can understand. like, his adventure as a snargle, his, like, role in life as a yeah. snargleflargan has been really tough. Yeah, and you're just brewing about the snargleflargan. <laughs> so you can understand, while you're thinking about the snargleflargan, you are understanding things better because the area associated with language comprehension and your brain is heightened so even when you're not actually actively reading and this is all for this study was done on like narrative reading so it would be like the adventures of the snargleflargan not like the biography of the snargleflargan and what what if it's sort of a narrative biography like uh-huh. it's very it's not like the snargleflargan's like theories on being a snargleflargan <laughs> so okay let's let's all let's so right now we're up to better sleep mm-hmm. no, less stress yes uh, heightened brain connectivity, and we're at um, uh, high, higher scores on intelligence tests and uh, slowing mental decline. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. So we're doing great so far. So what about, what about memory capacity? Ooh, okay. Also can improve memory capacity. According to research at the Haskins Laboratories for the Science and of the Spoken and Written Word, kind of want to wor- work there, um, reading gives the brain's brain more time to stop, think, process, and imagine what's happening in the book. This helps you keep your memory sharp in a way that working out keeps your body toned. So reading and processing boosts brain activity because you basically you are still thinking about things, so it's keeping that memory sharp. So basically, we're all going to be powerful, immortal beings. It's totally true. So remember all of this the next time someone makes fun of you for reading? Maybe you can like crush them with your mind powers like mm-hmm. Eleven from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I mean, this is not to be a bummer about, but it is, but it's one of those skills that I think if you don't use it, it does go away. Like you for have sure. to rebuild it, you know? And so just like toning your body... You have to constantly go to the gym. You have to go to the gym a lot. And if you don't, you go, oh, my God, I can't lift this weight anymore. And it's kind of the same thing. You have to keep keep that tone up, not to, like, 
freak people out. If you haven't been reading, you can start reading now and you can get that back up. Because you may read and be like, oh, this is so hard. I can't remember this. I can only read one paragraph without losing my place. It's just you, like running. Yeah. you. At first, when you start running, you can't run more than like a minute. And then you're like, I'm exhausted. And then, mm-hmm. but people build up. Obviously, people run hours. Yes. Not me. Someone does. Someone, somebody does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why so many people are like, how can you read so fast? I'm like, I read all the time. Mm-hmm. I just read all the time. And so uh, this, I think all of this stuff is really helpful to think of like... You know, we, a lot of us think of reading as an indulgence and it's like, oh, you know, someday I'll get when I make more time for reading, I'll get there, I'll get there. But like reading can actually be really good for you. And you might think about all this stuff when you're thinking about like your self-care routine, mm. you know, like, oh, maybe I should read for just 20 minutes before bed or 20 minutes in the morning just to help, you know, do something good for your brain. Again, it's just like going for a jog. Yeah. So you can send your thoughts to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. And before we take a recommendation request, we're going to take a quick break. Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. These are really hard questions. They are really hard questions. I don't have any answers for that. I don't either. Sack of garbage. No. The end of the show will just be five minutes of Biz and Teresa crying and screaming until the outro is played. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's look at a recommendation request. We've gotten so many recommendation requests that we're going to make it a regular segment on the show, along with reader problems and book tech, instead of just at the top of the show sometimes. Yes. So uh, also just apologies for anyone. If you sent in a a recommendation request a really long time ago, that is why we have, I think we have right now in the reading glasses inbox, we have 900 emails. (laughs) Uh, and a lot of a big chunk of those are recommendation requests. So if you are like, oh, they never answered my recommendation request, we're doing our best. <laughs> we'll get there. We only get fifty-two Just wait episodes a year. Years. <laughs> <laughs> we only get fifty-two episodes a year. We're doing our best. Uh, so Alexandra writes in: When I was young, I was decidedly a fiction girl, but since getting older, I read what seems to be exclusively nonfiction, apart from graphic novels. That is, is there anything you would recommend if I wanted to get back into reading fiction? I recently read Animal Farm for the first time loved it and the short length was helpful for that fear of book commitment i seem to have somehow developed bria has oft mentioned a love of novellas on the show so perhaps i could start there if it helps i am an environmental science major who loves reading about nature the pacific northwest and cool women bria what should alexandra read by the way she put pmw pnw for pacific northwest and i had to be like what does that stand for i couldn't figure it out (laughs) that's what Um, the the cool seattle people say um, I think if you're scared of book commitment, definitely sticking with a few shorter books at first. Great idea. I think this was very smart. Um, it'll make you really p- feel proud that you finished the book. You'll be like, I'm a reader. I'm reading non- I'm reading fiction. Like, here I am. And it will make you feel much better. So I think this is great. Since you enjoyed Animal Farm, I would say go ahead, pick up 1984. It's not that long. Uh, I think that's great. Same good stuff. Same kind of stuff. You're going to yeah. enjoy it. Um, also, my recommendation, which is a novella um, about a cool woman um, and also a classic because I feel like since Animal Farm, maybe, I feel like a lot of times people are like, I want to get back into reading, and they feel like they've missed a lot of classics. Yeah. So I feel like I wanted to recommend a classic, um, is the book Passing by Nella Larson. 
Um, I have never heard of this book. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's um, it's. I think of it as like a classic canon sort of book, an important classic canon book. So it's written, it's about the 1920s in Harlem, and it was published in 1929. So a classic book for sure. Um, it's about two mixed-race friends, one of whom passes as a white woman and doesn't even tell her husband that she is a half-white, half-black woman. Um, it takes a look at racism during that time, but also super applicable today. So yes. like, it's an interesting, it's a great book. Um, about a interesting women leaving, leading interesting lives during a time where obviously being uh, a person of mixed race still complicated, but even more complicated during the 1920s, obviously. Um, so I, yeah, I would start there. It's a short book. You'll get through it really quickly. Um, what was your pick, Mallory? So my pick for this is Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Semple. Ooh, uh, making it into a movie. Yeah, I I read this book in one day on a vacation a couple of years ago, and I loved it. It takes place in Seattle, so it's a Pacific Northwest book, and it's all about this one woman who has a nervous breakdown, and she disappears, and her daughter starts putting together the left-behind pieces of her life to find out where she went, uh, and it's super fucking funny. It's sweet. It's light. It's very easy to read. It's a really fun book, and I think it would be a great place to start with fiction again, because it's just like, it's very beach-reedy, but it is smart. The... Um, Bernadette is a very cool and interesting woman and you're like following along on her daughter's zany adventures trying to find her and I think it's great and again it's being made into a movie so you could be cool and read it before read it, it comes out. The book is better than the movie. So if you want to send your recommendation request you can send them to uh, readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Alex wrote in. I have written in a couple times and have a bookish problem to ask about, hoping for advice. I was reading a book today when I read through a part which contained a microaggression against persons with disabilities. Being a person with a disability, I noticed it where many others may not have caught the line. The line was in a book series I enjoyed a lot and is written by an author I respect and do not think he meant this comment. I don't want to be preachy and do not expect change to be immediate, but I felt the two of you have the values that can help me get over this microaggression and figure out what to do. I'm not sure if I should stop reading books by this author, post about this online, ignore it or what. Please, any guidance you can give will be helpful. For your reference, the book is The Hero of Ages by Brandon Sanderson, the third book in the Mistborn trilogy. Oh, yeah. And so I included the name of this of this book and author because we've actually had several people write in about problems they have with Brandon Sanderson before. Mm. Uh, at least five or six emails. So hmm. uh, I just wanted to put that out there if, if people are like, you know, just in case someone doesn't want to read this. And um, I read the first one, but I don't I don't remember it i've never read anything yeah interesting um i think this is the kind of thing that's absolutely okay to write to the author about or include in a review or talk about online you aren't going to make the author a better or different writer by saying their book sucked you know that's what we talk about on the show if, if you didn't like a book tat, writing to the author and saying you didn't like it or writing a review that like this book fucking sucks like that's not going to change anything for the author but telling the author that they should change the way they talk about disabled people might actually make a difference. You know, you don't have to ignore it. You can totally send him an email about it or tweet about it. Absolutely feel free to stop reading his books if you want. But you're definitely OK to do something about it. Again, this is like the, this is the sort of thing that you can make a change about. Bria, what do you think? Um, I agree with you in part, but I do disagree with you about something. So I will say it seems to me that Alex really does like these books and says he Alex thinks that uh, what's the guy's name Brandon is not meaning to do this that's what Alex's email said so it seems like Alex wants to open up sort of a dialogue about this 
I think sending an email is totally spot on. And if you, it's, I don't think it's anybody's responsibility to educate anyone about anything. That, well, that's but, the other thing is you don't. But it seems like that's what Alex wants to do. Yes. If you are, if you feel, if you have the time and the, and the mental bandwidth totally. to do so, but you don't have to, it's not your job no. to make authors better you can people. totally stop reading that book and throw it away. You don't have to read it in a book you don't like and you don't have, it's not, you're, you're not in charge of it. But I do think since Alex is interested in this and took the time to even write us about it, I think it's great. I think. Where I disagree with you is I think that publicly tweeting someone can just coming I'm just watching it happen. I think it's hard to start a dialogue that way. Mm -hmm. I think that people feel attacked, publicly shamed, piled upon, whatever it is. And obviously people don't mean to do that. But I think if you are any sort of celebrity in any sort of way, which obviously this guy is. I mean, a bunch of people have read his books. These are really popular books. If you publicly tweet someone, I do think that ends up, it becomes a thing where they're like, this person's just trying to call me out and they will not be able to hear what you're saying. Even if you're 100% right. Yeah. And I think it's the same way. Oh, I was thinking about point. what Ross and Carrie said about reading and how reading is such a great way to start a conversation mm -hmm. because when you just tell someone they're wrong, it's hard to hear it. But yeah. if you like read something, and I think maybe an email of like, hey, love your books, would love to keep reading them in the future. Can you correct this? Because it might be something he wants to correct and be like, yeah. fuck, you're fucking right. Yeah. Like there's all these, you know, people who have come back and been like, you know what? My comedy in the 80s was misogynistic. I am sorry. I'm a dum-dum. And like, yeah. you know, and we've forgiven those people and they've moved past it, but they needed that bit of education. So I think Alex should totally reach out to this person if Alex enjoys Brandon's books. You yeah. know, I think it's great. Yeah, I think people really need to give people a little bit of the benefit of the doubt i mean i i, I and i'm saying this just from like hate mail that we've gotten people get mm -hmm. mad about certain things as if we like if we made a mistake as if we were doing it on purpose right yeah most people actually do want to be good people and fix what they did and, w and i think that's really interesting because i i was gonna say tweet because they might not get, read the email but maybe uh. if because i was if he doesn't respond to your email Maybe sending it to his literary agency mm. um, or his publisher. Maybe, yeah. Because that, like, like that might be a better way to do it. I and I only know this because me and Brandon Sanderson have the same literary agency, Jabberwocky Literary, mm. and that's someone that you can send an email to, and they might pay attention a little bit more. Yeah, and I think, look, if he doesn't respond to your email, if, if we've gotten five emails about it, trust me, I bet he's gotten quite a few emails yeah. about it. Um, but I think. Having being another person saying something about it after maybe he doesn't respond to your email, but maybe he after the fifth email, he goes, you know what? Next book, I'm going to make sure that this is remedied, which may mean he doesn't take the time to have a dialogue with you. I'm never going to comment on someone's time or what they have time to respond yeah, to. Yeah, he might not talk to you, but you might make a change. I, I agree. I agree. I think saying something is always great, especially if you believe in the content, if yeah. you think the content is worth doing, which I think that's mostly the reason people reach out. You're not going to reach out and be like, I hate your show or your movie or your book, and I'm never going to watch it again. It's like, well, why did you take the... Go away. Just take the... Just go away. You don't have to support this person. Yes. But I think starting a dialogue is great. And... He's probably had this dialogue with many people at this point if it's such a thing. I didn't get this far in the series and honestly can't remember the first one very well at all. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember it having an interesting like creative uh, um, magic element to it. But it's and, been a long time. Uh, also, the other good thing about sending a – I can't remember what who his publisher is. I have no idea what the Mistborn 
books or who, who who puts out the Mistborn books. But the good thing about sending an email to that publisher or that editor, because it wasn't like somebody thought that someone else thought that line was OK. A copy mm-hmm. editor thought that oh, line yeah, was OK. His editor thought that line was OK. So sending something to his publisher will maybe not just change his books, but maybe will make that editor go, oh, wow, this is like really shitty language to talk about disabled people. In the future, when with other authors, I can be like, oh, hey, saying stuff like this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're educating the publisher as well. Yes. Um, here's a question. What is the likelihood that someone would get enough emails like this and they're like, you know what? I didn't know. These people are right. I would like to in the next version of this book. Could they rewrite it? Uh, mm, what they could do... Uh, it depend, like if the book is out in hardcover but not in paperback, they could change it for the paperback. Mm-hmm. And there is actually uh, – they could do a new edition, you yeah. know, because like there – in my book, uh, there was a typo – some some name of somebody got changed in the copy editing version and I didn't notice. Oh, bummer. And, but we were fixing it for the paperback um, and – there was like one other typo that got through that we're fixing. Uh, but I think that if something was egregious enough and the publisher was like, was getting enough emails from people like, oh, hey, we should fix this. I think it's possible. Um, that, I mean, I can that's ask- really interesting. Yeah, I think it'd be something to talk to a publisher or something about. Yeah, we'll but, have to have somebody else on the show. Because I think we're at a time right now, which is great, where you can, it's, people are more accessible. You can say like, Hey, this is maybe not acceptable, and people can hear you and make changes. Which yeah. is, but I don't know how hard it is to make a change in a book. I think if they had got enough emails about it, right? That they because it would be an easy enough fix if it was just like one line, right? If, if it's one line, I don't know what the plot point is or if it's a. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Alex said it was a microaggression, so maybe it was like just yeah. A, it was one he line. sent he sent it. I didn't want to read the whole thing in case it made somebody listening upset. Right, but it was like one stupid line yeah. that could easily be taken out. Uh, so I think, uh, it's definitely like something, I mean, I'll say this, like I listened to that podcast, my favorite murder and like from the beginning of when they started to now they have learned so much. So it's like this interesting thing where they used to, uh, they used to would always say they didn't use the term sex workers or something like that. They would say like, I don't think they ever said whores or something. I don't think they said that, but I think they said like prostitutes or something that was like, people were like, Hey, you could say something more like this, and they were like, oh, we just, happens like, all the time with we us. We didn't know. Of course. Of course. It's just like, here's the thing. Just because people have a public forum doesn't mean they know everything. Yeah. <laughs> In and fact, we, I'd say, no one knows everything. Yeah. Harsh truth. No one knows everything. And we, we, we really do our best when people tweet or uh, email us with... Uh, you know, if we said something that was offensive or you have ideas for things or you want us to go about something, like, I, mean, I know since... I mean. I, since the in the two years we've been doing reading glasses, you know, I've been trying to use less gendered language. I've been trying to say folks instead of guys, just like stuff like that. And yeah. we want to be good people, you know. Yeah, We're I trying think people to make... are generally responsive, and even yes. if and they try to make changes once they see it, once they're especially once they're in a public forum, because a lot of times you may not realize that you're saying guys because like people aren't pointing out to you. Also, you're probably not using the word guys very often, except in like a forum like this. That's beside the point, yeah. but. Yeah, I think that, like, people try to change. And, and like, if you like this person's, this author's work, if you're a fan and you're, like, Mistborn forever, Brandon... Mistborn on your knuckles. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson, I feel like we'll want to take a listen because he knows you're a fan. Yeah, and, and this goes for any author. So if this is something and you have been kind of going back and forth whether or not it's okay, send that email. Mm-hmm. It's, it's worth it. If you feel like you have the bandwidth and the time and you want to do that, absolutely. 
Uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy, who run our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. It's great for us. It helps us feed our cats. Uh, but if you want to support the show in a way that does not require any money, uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and, and thanks, thanks for reading. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.